Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, our first podcast of 2023. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as 106.7 Buzz 2 in Central Arkansas. So like, rate, and review our podcast, and you can also check us out on our YouTube channel. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas, and alongside me is Jacob Davis of Arkansas Fight. All live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, Arkansas, and Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests with first-to-market odds and lines. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports pro bet. Use our promo code believe 50 B L E V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. And Jacob, I tell you what, hope you had a very happy new year. Mine was really cool. I mean, I had to End up being the little DD last night because I had to work today, but had a really good New Year's. And I'll tell you what, when, when everybody says they finally wanted some good college football playoff semifinals, boy, did they deliver both games. Uh, you know, starting with the Michigan TCU game that was back and forth. And then, of course, the uh, Georgia Ohio State game. And before we get deep down into them, the whole missed field goal and timed with the ball dropping in New York City live has to be one of the craziest coincidental things I've ever seen in sports. As it goes wide left, goes into the stands or into the end zone, the ball drops in New York City and confetti's going everywhere. I thought it was one of the coolest things uh, I'd ever seen in sports. Yeah, I didn't get to stay up through the whole thing. I had got up at 4 a.m. that morning to go duck hunting, so I didn't – I stayed up till you know, was, uh, I think Ohio State had it well in hand in the third quarter, and I passed out. I don't <laughs> – I don't. I did not wake up until about uh, 6.30 this morning. Anyways, uh, that was a really I – I was able to go back and watch recap of the game. I was really impressed by uh, both games. I mean, obviously the – the the peach or not the peach bowl but the fiesta bowl man how many games over the years have we seen of the fiesta bowl just delivers it's just like the holiday bowl the holiday bowl always delivers man but yeah it was uh, it was a really cool thing i saw that you shared it on your twitter and uh it was it was really cool I hadn't seen anything like that coincidental i mean you saw ryan seacrest probably watching it uh, on his phone while the yeah. ball was dropping too so that was that was really neat yeah, and, and just the fact that, you know, TCU, a, a team that a lot of people didn't think belonged because they're not one of the big, you know, they're not an SEC team or a Big 12 or a Big 10 team or, you know, they, they caught a lot of flack. They lost to Kansas State, so everybody's like, well, they lose one game, they shouldn't be in there. Meanwhile, you got Alabama who loses two games, and because they beat Kansas State, well, they should have been in, they should have been in. So there's a lot of, you know, bias when it comes to, you know, you know, you got to take care of business. You can't sit there and beat yep. Kansas State in a bowl game, and we can't sit there right. and say, "Well, bowl games don't matter. Bowl games don't matter." And then you win your bowl game. We'll see. We should have been in from the get go. Like, it, it, it doesn't go both no, ways. Didn't. No, you, you should have took no, care of business. Matchups matter. Yep. Matchups matter, and and you sit there and, and and compare opponents and stuff. That's what fan bases do. But you can't just sit there and say. Oh, uh, we we annihilated Kansas State. Kansas State, I mean, they they beat TCU. It's a it's a whole thing about matchups and yep. familiarity with with teams. Nick Saban is one of the best in college football when it comes to to preparing, having a month to prepare yeah. for an opponent and be able to get a game plan together to go out and and win a football game. No, I, I don't buy that. I think the four teams that deserve to be in the college football playoff made it. 
and and that's it. And it provided us two of the best college football playoff games we've ever seen back to back. And here's here's another thing. I mean, Alabama clearly was the better team, but Absolutely. Kansas State handed them that game. You cannot, you cannot, not, not go for it on fourth and goal and and only have if you watch the play, you only had one option. Just throw it to that guy coming out of the backfield. You had one option. It wasn't yeah. like you had three or four guys in the end zone. And then what happened? Alabama scores. Yeah. Then they come back from halftime. Let's kick an onside kick. Uh-uh. Alabama scores. Next possession. Kansas State, before I blinked, before I even realized what was going on, it went from 10 to 7 to 35 10, like that. I mean, that's how fast yeah. things. And that's what we've talked about before. When you're playing that underdog role, you have to keep the hammer down. You have to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. And the moment, the moment Kansas State went for on fourth and goal and didn't, I said, that's ball game. I said, barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah. I mean, I put it out so this when, is going to haunt them. When Bama, when Bama hit that uh, long run with Jameer Gibbs, that, that run into the catch, I said, there's no way. I mean, Alabama, I mean, yeah, they're down 10 nothing, but – I mean, it's, that's ball game right yeah. there because you saw the difference in the size and the speed, and like you said, you have to keep the the hammer down. You you got to keep your uh, foot on the gas, especially when you play a team like Bama. I mean, that's what the beauty of bowl season is all about, man. And and you want to see the upsets, but yeah, that <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I, I believe that Alabama was gifted. Uh, a win or Kansas State well, gifted. Yeah. Oh yeah. They give them a lot of points. They were like I mean, a not, set. Yeah. I'm not saying like because Alabama and you know, they won 45 20. Yeah. But Kansas State gave Alabama some easy possessions and then were able to score off that. Well, so, after after the whole um, they they missed the the fourth and goal conversion. Alabama scores and then. Kansas State threw that that interception. You could just see, even before they threw the interception, you could see that demeanor. The team was not right. playing with that same steam and, and stuff. But, yeah, the, the college football playoffs, I am glad that it happened the way it did because with the expansion of 12 teams, mm-hmm. you seeing what it could be like with all – I mean, yeah, you know, Bama ran away with it, but that kind of gives Bama a shot now. Did they belong in the fourteen playoff? No, but if you would have had a twelve team playoff, we oh, we would won. have some good. You know, we would have some good games. I mean, look at the bowl oh, yeah. games this year. We'd had a lot of bowl games. So I think it was a good thing for college football because now when the you know the playoffs expand, you're going to have more interest. Because I'm telling you, that was the mo- I the best I could. I didn't leave my phone or, or the TV. I mean, from three o'clock until midnight, you know. It, and so, but I, I will say one thing, and I know I've never really been one to um, publicly call anybody out or, or 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 be one of those referee types. But you know, I really want to talk about the Todd Blackledge deal and the the statement he made. At, there was 25 seconds left in the game. The ball come down, and the, the um, TCU defender leaned in, lowered his helmet, and then dove into the Michigan player. Now, I'm not saying that that's the reason why, you know, Michigan should have got the ball and scored and won. But his statement was, come on, guys, the game's over. You don't call that. I think that was a Bush League thing to say, especially when we're looking out for the safety of these players, and that was to the back of his head. But we caught a lot of flack on it. I didn't get to read a lot of the comments on on our Facebook page, but a lot of people were saying, well, he didn't hit him in the head, or he, he did hit him in the head. But what people are forgetting is that rule and the targeting rule was for both players, the offensive player and the defensive player. If the offensive player lowers the crown of his helmet, it's to help defend him too. He led with the crown of his helmet. That should have been a targeting call, whether it was or wasn't, or they didn't call it that. But it was his comments of, "Oh, come on, you can't call that," you know. Or and then the guy immediately after him said, "That was targeting," you know. So 
I didn't see too much about it. I wish there would have been more said about it because, to me, that's textbook how we think about things. How many times, Jacob, in basketball or football and, well, man, you can't call that at that point in the game. You can't. You wouldn't call it at three to two or you wouldn't have called it with two minutes in the first quarter. Why would you call it now? That overrides thing because that was a safety thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter what the circumstance was. If it's targeting, it's targeting. And and that's that's like you said. I mean, there you have to protect the players, and and that's part of it. And I I don't recall it actually being ruled targeting. I think they did. They take the penalty. No, away? they did. They did not rule no. it targeting. They okay. they reviewed that it. Had so much, yes. so many plays going through my mind right now. But yeah, that. You, you have – there's a time and a place, and you don't say that on live TV. Like No. You, you, you're taking and, – and Todd Blackledge, he's the former quarterback. Yeah. What's he thinking? I mean, <laughs> he's a guy that, you know, he, he took plenty of hits throughout his career. you he, you, you got to think before you speak, too, and, and that's part of it. Like, he, he literally was, you know, kind of dumb to say that. Yeah, and when he said it, I was like, did he really say that? And yeah. then I, I took video of he it, and, and, and I was like, he really yeah. did. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of the things that, of all the things that we make big deals about, I think that was one of them that should have been made a big deal because yeah, that it, that shows me. That's what people are thinking behind the scenes. Well, don't call that. Let that, let that one slide. What if he would have hit him in the back of the head and knocked him out cold? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what's it, what would he would have he had to change a tune no. if the dude was laying there? You yeah. know, I mean, no. it's it's just the fact that you can't say stuff like that, and and but then again, if that's how you really think, say what you want. I just thought it was a really bush league thing to say, and, and and but enough with the college football playoffs, and and I know we're expanding to twelve. Arkansas had a bowl game, uh, thriller. Defeating Kansas fifty-five to fifty-three, Jacob. I know you had some thoughts on on the game that that, that we seen and uh, leads, and um, I even said, "Hey, oh, Belt Bowl two point You know, I mean, so well, you've been stewing on this for a little bit. So I'll, I'll let you have the floor and air your grief. I mean, not. it's New Year's. It's New I'm- Year's. <laughs> I'm not going to blame officiating for the way that play that that game played out. That's so overblown. Okay, uh, you know I don't I don't care about how inconvenient your freaking Memphis trip was. Like I don't I don't care. Like I only care about the product on the field. Okay, I'm not saying it was you. I'm not saying it was me. Like I'm just saying like there's a lot of people on Twitter that just complained about the Memphis trip, how inconvenient it was. Okay, I get it. Okay, we know the water. They're having water issues. Whole whole state of Mississippi's having water issues. But I'm talking about the, the 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 game on the field where where Arkansas gave up a 25 point lead, and, and and you let off the gas in the third quarter, Porter. You let off the gas in the third quarter, and it felt like Arkansas's coaching staff was having amnesia because they did the same thing two games earlier against Ole Miss. Like, I mean, I know that game was a different circumstances. It was at home, but you did the same exact crap that you did against Ole Miss and almost got your butt beat. And if it wasn't because of K.J. Jefferson putting the team on his back Mm -hmm. and strutting his stuff to the end zone on every single consecutive play, like he, he said it pissed him off. Like, you like there's players that are wired differently. When you shut it down and, and you're up 25 and, and you shut it down, sometimes it's hard to flip that switch back on and go full speed ahead. And, and that's my only real criticism of Sam's and, and, and maybe Kendall's game plan throughout the throughout the game when it unfolds. It's because you know these days in college football, the way offenses are engineered. Like, you can't just let off the gas. You've got to continue to be threatening to score. Like, and Arkansas did that. They kind of flipped the switch back on with Landers uh, right before he had that fumble. That wasn't a fumble. Like, he, he was – I mean, Arkansas was moving the ball in that possession, and they, if they would have scored, they'd gone up 18 again, and, and that would have been that. 
but you know uh, they allowed Kansas to to go and score and tie the game and and you know they you you forget about the calls, but at some point you got to think about you can't shut it down when you're up that big anymore. That's just the way college football is these days. Yeah, and and Arkansas as a whole had 406 yards rushing. And Jalen Daniels had 544 yards passing and five touchdowns. I mean, torched, torched them. Yeah. And but you said KJ Jefferson put the team on his back. 130 yards rushing, and he had two something passing. Um, yeah. Let me look and see real quick. But yeah, he definitely. I mean, def- he accounted for 400 and something yards of total offense. I mean, yeah. you can't sit there and say that he didn't put this team on his back. And that's what we have been needing all year long on the defensive side. Like, we need a dog like KJ on the defensive side to be like, hey, yes. guys, you know, we're, we're kind of slacking here. We need somebody to step up. He had 287 yards, 287 yards passing, and – so that, but that's what the team's been missing all year. But will I will say in not the defense of Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse, but you went into your team. I think Chuck Barrett said 51 players, 50, 51 yeah. players that you took there. All right. I mean, that's a skeleton crew. But look at the guys who stepped up, the guys who got oh one gosh, little moment, and, that, and, and people that you would have looked at their daggum avatar on on the two deep or three deep and they wouldn't have had a picture like i mean some of these guys didn't you know play all game or all year and they played in the game that so that right there and as much as i've given flack to how what i've said about sam Pittman and proving himself if you can get these cats to play for you and give it their all and, and and not just you know give up give up per se yeah, they could have easily given up, went in there, but that showed a lot to KJ. He did not want to lose, end up this season with a six and seven no. record. He no. wanted to, no. ha- he, and you could feel yeah. it spread to the other team, and that's what it takes. What, how many times did we say to the season, all you need is that dog to step up, and it will run through the whole team, and you need a player to do that. Coach speak, and coaches could sit there and fire you up. That's only going to last you until you get on the field. So for him to really step up. Plays in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Look at some of those plays in overtime by the defense, like Chris Paul. uh, You you think about throughout the game, McAdoo just coming up big. And and McLaughlin played well. I mean, those are your dogs. Those are the guys that you look for on defense. Poo Paul, man, he was the leading tackler. Like, he he had lost Bumper Pool, Drew Sanders, all, all the guys that were in front of him, and he came out and showed how good of a linebacker he is and will be for Arkansas. You had guys like Jordan Crook, who had seven tackles out of his linebacker position, a Duncanville, Texas product, man. Like, these guys had swagger. They had that step, uh, pep in their step. Like, they were ready to go. They were ready to fight. And that's what this team, like you said, has been missing for so long, for so much of this season. Like, I remember, like, when the excitement that was going on during the Cincinnati game, like guys on the defensive and offensive sides of the ball were high stepping, like they had that motivation, that will to go out there and win. And, and, you know, there it's swagger, man. You got to play with some swagger. You got to play with some confidence. I don't mind cocky. I don't mind it. Like if, if I'm going to have you on my team, if I'm going to have you on my court playing basketball with me at the rec center, you better have some swag too. I don't care if you miss 30 shots. If you got some swag on it, you're going to be on my team. You know? As long as and, you're producing that swag don't mean nothing. If yeah. you ain't producing, you, that's right. You, you that's got, right. you got to talk the talk, walk the walk. You, you like right. KJ that dude, he can go in there right now and take my food off my plate at CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers because he earned that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm getting at? Like he, oh, yeah. that's what yeah. he proved. Mac, he had the dog. McAdoo, he he was that's a guy. kid, dude. He that could be the next char- Like that dude could be a dog on offense. He could be a dog on defense. Like I he think he found his calling in defense. And laid that boy out. He laid him to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's the kind of guy and energy that you want to have on this team going forward. Because I don't know what was going on, 
between over the past month. We saw the look and the expressions and body language on on Sam Pittman, the dejection that he had. Man, you never saw that. I never sensed a, a point in that game where the energy and motivation was questionable in that Liberty Bowl. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do is they AJ. got some of the rotten apples out of their roster. I feel like we can save that now because there is a mindset change on that team that I hadn't seen since early in the season, like maybe the Cincinnati game. Before things started swirling down, like there was some swagger on this team, kind of like the South Carolina game. Like it felt different. Yeah, and it could be good and bad. I mean, when we say bad apples, I mean, there could be some that was warranted, yeah. but then there's, again, that yeah. there's some that's not. And, and I want to bring TCU back up. They had a good story about Duggan, the, the quarterback. Yeah. Hit three-year guy and gets demoted and then gets his job back. He could have easily left and went in the portal or went and, and done his four games and left the school, but he didn't. That's what he chose to do. I'm not going to dog anybody. I, I, I said I'll never do. No. I'm never going to dog anybody for wanting to leave. That's their right. They feel like Absolutely. things ain't working out. Hey, go on. But I also will bring up South Carolina. And you had Shane Beamer had some guys that wanted into the portal and then had the audacity to ask him, hey, man, if I jump in this portal, can I still play in the bowl game? I mean, are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? Wow, I didn't hear this. Yes. Oh, my. Like, the guys actually asked him. That's like going up and robbing the bank and be like, hey, can I keep that money I stole? I mean, it's ignorant. Like, why yeah. would you even That's think that, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to another team next year. But can I, can, okay. I, can I still play in the bowl game? No, you cannot. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing, like I say. I am a father. Father of three boys. And I am sometimes not going to say nothing when they choose to do certain things. But they have to realize, and these kids have to realize, we're, we're not going to say nothing for you leaving. But you've got to realize there's consequences for everything you do. How'd Mike Woods do when he went to Oklahoma? Did, did he really project himself up on an upward trajectory when he went to OU? No. I mean, if you go somewhere, go somewhere to better yourself. Go somewhere yeah. and, and try to work harder. I think he could have been well used here this year. We could have definitely used him. Things could have turned around, and he could have really helped himself out. But like I said, it, it's just yeah. a, it's when you leave. But then again, we seen – what KJ can do. And hopefully, man, bless him that he can stay healthy all year next year because I'm telling you that if he is fully healthy, look what can happen with this team. Look look what can happen with this program. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to bring up Mike Irwin. A lot of people, I mean, I didn't think it would take off as much as it did. But for him, and I even, I mean, I asked him before anything because it was not my, it, it wasn't our post. It, it was his post. But I couldn't share it, so I copied and pasted it. But he was just saying, you know, as long as he has covered this program, dude, he laid it all out there. And I want to say one thing. I mean, there was a couple, a couple, as any post that, you put out there. There was a couple of negative comments and stuff like that, but for the most part, a lot of people were like, "Thank you. We needed to hear this. Thank you. We needed to hear this. Thank you. Please, you know, this is what it should have been." You know, but I, I really thought that what he said and he just he laid everything out there is all I'm going to say about it. And for him to put that out there, and it gives you – because here's the deal. How are you going to argue with the man that has uh, covered the hogs as long as he has? 45 years. How how are you going to sit there and say, well, I disagree with you, Mike. Yeah, go ahead and see how that works out for you. You know, Um, but it's just – Mike is about as as – transcendent like not transcendent that's the wrong word but a transparent guy as you'll find in the media like he tells it like it is like he will tell you the truth and and won't lead you astray and what he posted 
was was pretty special. You're gonna have to find it on Facebook. I got it. And and, um, and read it for yourselves for those people that are yeah. listening because it's a long. It's it's probably a thousand words. Like you could probably could have wrote that for uh, and put it on Hogville for uh, for that. That was well. That and was and the thing is, Mike piece. seems like a guy that how how you react right after something, and then like three days later, you're like, you know what? That that's what this seemed like because he's like in 40, 47 football seasons. In the 153 year of college football, there's never been anything like what is going on right now. You got the NIL, uh, transfer portal, coaches getting new jobs and getting all this money. You know, throw this into the relatively new December period of signing in, in JUCO and portal players. And then he goes on to talk about Lou Holtz and what happened with all the players, you know, three key players, and then he beat number two, Oklahoma. You know, and he says Sam Pittman lost six starters and many other players to the portals and opouts. And then trying to get ready for the Liberty Bowl, he had to hit some coaches to get some recruits because you're continuously recruiting. It goes on and on. But, I mean, it was just well said. And and, and I even – I messaged him and said, hey, man, if you don't mind, I'm going to use this. i just let you know because I like to share things and do things the right way. And, you know, he said sure thing and and, and gave me – I you know his blessing to to, to share it, but it's just it, it really gave our fans that perspective of the sky's not falling in. Which I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there. I'm not gonna say that I didn't because I did at one point because I wanted Sam and I wanted the team to prove it to me. Sometimes I need yeah. to see proof. I, I mean, because Jacob, I'm not like the the diehard fan. I'm not this fan that ha- has it here. I have it here when it comes to this football yeah. program and this. The, the, when the men's basketball team and the baseball team and the football team. I, I have it here, but my heart's not fully in it. You know, it, it, it's it's not there for me, you know. So I look at things a different way. And that's what makes our duo the way it is because I can see things sometimes through a different set of lenses. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's no. just the way it, it, it is. But I really liked his perspective of it. Yeah, and and look, man, like – I, I'm gonna go on for a little bit. We got three minutes before yeah. break, but you know, with the recruiting the way it is, like Coach Sam Pittman, he's not having to just recruit future players, like at uh, uh, you know whether it's through the transfer portal or uh, or the the uh, the high school ranks and JUCO ranks. He's having to recruit his own players on an mm-hmm. annual basis. Like he's having to recruit all 85 players and kind of and 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 tell them like. Where they where they fit, and right now, like you know, this roster's you know there there may not be the whole fifty one players that are on the roster right now. They may not be on the roster after spring. Like there there's so many changes. It's such a fluid situation. Well, and you and, you lost one like, right after the game. Know, like like Sam Pittman, he's gonna have. I mean, he's worth every penny of that five million dollars. Because I don't want that headache. Mm-mm. Like no. you can you have you have to go out and recruit every single day. 365 days a year and have to and and have to recruit your own players too like like it's just crazy to me like you can you can go make your five million dollars i'm fine working and 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 making what i do i don't want to have to have the gray hairs and the headaches of of having to worry about it like i think i think sam gets a lot of unjustified uh uh you know hate for it i think a lot of football coaches around the country you know, get a lot of hate for it. And, and, and I don't think it's justified. Because well, it's all hate for people football. making hundred dollar decisions. He's making million yeah. dollar decisions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's the way guys, it is. Yeah. Like they, like they, it's a different world and people had to understand that they still, they're still seeing through the lenses of 2017 prior to, you know, all those years of the early, no early signing period, no transfer portal, like they're it's so fluid now and it's so different. And people had to take on the perspective of, of the new day and age. And, you know, it's hard, like, you know, a lot of like the good, you know, the good people and the baddest, you know, you know, they don't like change. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of changes going on right now. And, and we're, we're just going to have to, to, to accept it and go on. Well, and a lot of it, it's a one way street though. We, yeah. we we bless, and you're talking about the Baptist, and, 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 
you know, they, they, they accept everybody comes in for the first time and you fill out that visitor's card and you stand up and raise your hand and you're the first time there. Yeah. They, they, they accept them into their family. Drew Sanders, Felipe Franks, you know, mm-hmm. all the ones that have come through, McLaughlin, Landers, Hazelwood, all the guys that come in, they, they op- the, the fan base welcomes them with open arms. So I, when it comes to we're living in a new world, we are. Yeah. We're accepting the people coming in, but we're bashing the people leaving. Absolutely. And, and that's what it is. You know, everybody who's left, well, we didn't need him anyway, and, and this and that, and, well, he, he, he was third string or good riddance to him. You know, but then if that person was at Oklahoma or at Texas or somebody like, like Drew Sanders – Comes in, once a hog, always a hog. All-American, great guy. We love him. Once a hog, you know, he's going to go off. Well, he was a Razorback, which is okay. But we got we got to do right. it both ways. Same thing with coaches, guys. You know, when coaches are, are – are, they're they get into coaching. Coaches are just as competitive as players, you know. And they're trying to move up just like a player is trying to get to the NFL. They're trying to get their own job, you know. But – it's the same thing. We we welcome the coaches coming in, but the, but the ones that leave, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And and one more thing before we go, like and you brought up the whole coaches thing, and we shared some news today that Shear's likely going to be announced soon as the UNLV defense coordinator. And and there was a lot of people just praising him. The guy developed talent at the linebacker yep. position better than any linebacker coach at the U of A in in. I've been following the Hogs since 2003. Like we haven't seen such a such a good group of linebacker play. He goes to he's going to go to UNLV, and, and there's some people on there that say, "Oh man, what's going on on the hill?" Like, "Oh man, he, oh man, we're just getting all the weaklings out." Like, no, like these guys are working their way up. They're you know, like when you're getting position coaches to move up to coordinator roles, like Dell Loggins. Like, uh, like, uh, you know, potentially Michael Shear, and I'm, I think I'm forgetting somebody Step else. Step left you know. before that, you know, went to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like these guys are getting promotions to go and do, uh, you know, do things. I mean, it's not meaning that they're that they're struggling, and they're, you know, where it's because Arkansas, the sky's falling at Arkansas. It's they're getting promotions to do better things, like. And we got to think of it that way too. And Mike well, Shear was one of—he was a hell of a darn linebacker coach. And we're going to miss him. Well, let's—we'll take a quick break and we'll we'll, we'll keep yeah. on this subject when we come back because there's there's you know okay. a few things to add to it and and go on about it and then we'll finish things up with the basketball team opening up against uh, LSU and, and dropping their first league game. So we'll we'll wrap the show up with with that talk. But we're going to catch a break and we will be right back. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grindit Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated. So call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, 
baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-932-5121. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. And welcome back to the Hog Talk podcast, our first broadcast of 2023. And I want to take this time to thank our sponsor, Arkansas Brewing Company, at 201 South 1st Street in downtown Ozark, Arkansas. You can reach them at 479-667-2739. Go down and see Destiny and Chris Brockett. Um, They had a big New Year's Eve celebration masquerade ball. They're always having bands and drinks, karaoke nights, great food, great drinks, Um, Go down and check them out in Ozark if you're ever down that way. And also, we have our new one of our newest sponsors. And I'll tell you what, Jacob, my, my wife um, went and got a tattoo uh, up in Bella Vista. His name's Azteca Tapia. Uh, Arte underscore by underscore Azteca. This dude, I don't know if you had a chance to see it on, on our social no. media and stuff, but I'm telling you what, yeah, she, yeah, she got this half sleeve done and, and – the dude does amazing work. So if anybody's out there, you're in the in the mood to go get you a tattoo, look him up on our we got him on our Facebook and our uh, Instagram. Look up his stuff, book online. He doesn't have a, a phone number, but I'm telling you, if you get a chance to look at his work, you're in the you know mood to get a tattoo. I'm I'm going to get a couple of from him, so uh really, really hit him up. But I really want to thank all of our sponsors who sponsored us in 2022 that will continue to sponsor us in 2023 because, uh, like I said, without them and, of course, our, our, our viewers, our listeners, fans, this would not be possible. Um, well, and we're on year five now. Yes. 2023 makes fifth year. So, man, it. I mean, I've been on and off for, you know, five years, but. Man, it's yeah, been, it's, uh, it's been it's a cool crazy thing to watch this thing rise. That's my th- yeah. This is my fourth year continuously been doing, and man, it's just crazy to think starting with an iPhone and Zoom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, what we got now? I mean, it, it's I awesome. I mean, like yeah. I said, very, I'm very, very humbled, very, very blessed to. I, I'm blessed, you know, like my wife when we look for this house, you know. Hey, I would love to have a room where I could possibly have a studio, and that was one of the the, the selling points when we looked for a home. That hey, let's make sure that that you know my husband has a spot to be able to make this thing grow. So big props to our sponsors, our wives for continuously letting us do this every Sunday, and then of course with our women's show on Mondays and our preview shows that will continue. We're going to really transition into basketball with. With our preview shows, but I really want to touch on what we were talking about at the break, and you're talking about, you know, w- with the coaching. But I, I really want to kind of not interject, but, I mean, there is alarming things that makes you think, yes, we got the bad apples out, and look how Arkansas did against Kansas and stuff. But it, it really makes me wonder with the the exodus of coaches at the time and, and and Barry Odom come in to really help Sam Pittman build this thing and set the foundation and and I've stated my thoughts on it and stuff like that also I mean I could see the reason maybe why Dow went to South Carolina he in his mind was probably thinking that Kendall Browse would be at another job He's going to be, you know, in line to possibly take over the OC job. And, and he's been in the NFL before. He's not going to wait around at a college job. But I think that there was things that he might have felt that he was going to get that never kind of happened. Yeah. So he went on to South Carolina. 
And then now I can understand, like, if Odom leaves, he takes people with him. But it's like, it does seem like a jumping ship deal. It does seem like, you know, th- there's a major um, unrest or something like that at the program. Of course, again, like I told you before the break, I look at things differently than, than you or the fans look at things. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's sometimes where, how many times do we think, look at this year. How many times before the year, fans were like, 10-win season, 10-win season. Then things kind of fall apart, you know. And But that's happened how many times? I remember when Chad Moore, it was either Chad Morris, one of the years Chad Morris was here. Everybody was like, 10-11-win season. And then we see, you know, I mean, but I think it was his first year or something like that. You know, he's going to come yeah, in and he's going to change the program and, you know, pathway to seven wins or eight wins. And then, you know, two, two and 10 yeah. seasons. And so you can't help but think like why I'm looking at the domino effect. Why him leaving at that point to go coach at a place like UNLV? But now I'm telling you what, <laughs> dude, with him. And Bobby Petrino, and then if he indeed gets, you know, sure to come, I'm telling you what, he's building a little little monster out there in, in, in Vegas. Yeah. Like, they, they may be the next G5 team that really starts to make noise. Yeah. You, I mean, all it takes, you got to build that staff, that initial staff. And, and you know, I, I'm really interested to say if uh, Barry, uh, you know, Barry brings on, you know, has some issue with him, like, and Bobby tells him, you stay with the defense, I will do with the offense. Like, you stay out of my business, I'm going to stay out of yours. But you know what, though? He's like, hey, man, i seen what you did against us with the Missouri State. I'm going to let you have the offense. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to know. Right. I, and why do oh, you yeah. – he'd be dumb not to at least – whether Bobby Petrino said yes or no or, or, or just be like, hey, right. man, I'm staying here in Missouri with my kids. you got to make that phone call. I mean, that's what people – People forget, you know, oh, well, he did this and he did that. Yeah, but, you know, what? people make mistakes. We don't have Absolutely. to sit there and accept their mistakes, but we still can't sit there and be like, well, he doesn't never. Well, let's just put him in a jail cell. He don't need to be a, a, a coach at a Power 5 school again. Look what happened 10 years, 12 years ago, you know. So, but, that, but it makes you want to watch UNLV football next year. As an Arkansas fan, right. everybody, whether you're doing it out of spite, stubbornness, pettiness, you're going to be watching UNLV next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I will be rooting for Bobby. Like, I want yeah. to see, you know, I want to see, you know, they went 5-7 and seven this year. I want to see what they bring in offensively and defensively, what they look like going into uh, 2023. Because, you know, coaching, you can – and we've seen it with Bobby – like he can take one, maybe a a not a very good offense like you think about back in 08 when he took over at Arkansas. They were a run oriented team, like they had just lost Dean Mack and Felix, and he had to depend on the Dick brothers to to be your options at quarterback. Like that, I mean, I wish we could have go back and 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 had the transfer portal back then because I think it would have been some crazy stuff going on uh, back you know fifteen years ago, but. You know, it kind of turns your head and makes you interested. Like, all right, here's Bobby. He may be getting one more chance at the power to, to get back in the Power Five game. What's he gonna do? And I think there's a lot. I think there's vested interest in in, in Bobby Petrino because he's still a hot topic. Just because, just the same way that Gus and Houston still been hot topics over the years at Arkansas. Well, I told you, I, I put him and Hugh Freeze in the same spot. You you yeah. can take them out of the SEC, but you can't take their mind out of the SEC. You you That's can't right. take their geniusness away from them. You can physically take them away from a football team. Yeah, but they're still they still have the mind. And I'm telling you, Hugh Freeze and and what he can do, and what Bobby Petrino can do at UNLV. I mean, they're offensive geniuses. And think about what they done at Liberty and what Bobby Petrino did at Missouri State. What are they going to yep. do? And, and you know they got that fire. They got something still left in that tank, something to prove. What are they going to do? You put a coyote in a corner, they're the one of the most dangerous animals right. out there. And Barry wants to still prove himself, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, he, he liked being the defensive coordinator at a Power 5 school, but you don't get as many chances to go out 
once you failed once as a coach, and I'm not saying he failed. He was 20, 25 and 25 overall as a head coach. Like, and Missouri hasn't even had a winning season since they fired him. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah. So it, and, and, and Barry Odom wants another chance at the Power Five job. And that was, and, and, and Tulsa fell apart, which I thought would have been a very good landing spot for him. But, you know, I mean, you don't know what the, but you see the the coaching staff he's been able to put together. Now let's see what kind of roster he can make. He wants to prove himself, and and, and you have to admire that in a guy. Well, and here's the deal: you, 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 Tulsa would be a death wish because you would have to go do something like Dion at Jackson State at Tulsa. You'd have to win 10, 11, 12 games multiple years in a row to get that attention to get that love. You yeah. go, you go eight, seven, eight wins at Tulsa, meh. Whatever you're, you're, you're that gnat flying around, gone. Right. But you would have to, you'd have to win. You'd have to do what SMU was doing. You'd have to do what TCU's doing. You'd, you know, what Boise State was doing back in the day. You would have to do something like that at Tulsa. You go to UNLV, you could go win eight, nine wins, and go to a, a respectful bowl game and start beating some of these teams and building that program up. Yeah. Now, I think he's going to be in a little bit of a, a, a recruiting battle with Dion out there in Colorado. You know, I think I think that's going to be one of his biggest challenges. How close they are to, yeah. you know, competing with with Colorado and stuff and yeah. those teams out there. But here, I see this Dion is, kind of recruiting more nationally though, and not kind of recruiting regionally, just because yeah. the prime is just such a big name. But like the top kids in that kids area, in yeah, he 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 is nationally. But I'm talking about the top kids in that area who he might be able to get. Yeah. They might want to go to Colorado. But the yeah. point I was going to make is this. I think, in my mind, and this is just my opinion, outsider looking in, Okay, I think Barry Odom was content on coming to Arkansas. I think he was content on being Pittman's right-hand man, being a defensive coordinator for many years, sitting there, you know, making and, and getting pay raises because, I mean, Hunter Yurchek's good on – Good on giving people raises and, and giving them what they're worth. And I know you're not supposed to listen to all the people in your ears, but I think the fans talking about how trash the defense was, the fans constantly going in on this and that, not truly understanding what kind of depth it takes. You look at the linebackers that Arkansas's had and how beat up they've been. And by the end yeah. of the year, their, their shoulders are destroyed. The, the kids are, you know – they, they want to go to the next level, and they just physically can't because their shoulders are just so destroyed on when, when you're the leading tackler. And then what are you going to do at the next level? I think he was content until all the criticism started coming his way. And he's like, you know what? All right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go find yeah. me a head coaching job, UNLV. You think I ain't got it. I'm going to bring in Bobby Petrino. I'm going to bring in this guy. I'm going to come in and take guys that you didn't think we could win with, and I'm going to show you what we can do at UNLV. And I think that is what happened. And I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire by no means, but I don't think he is going to have a horrible tenure. I don't think he's going to do like a, a, a Chad Morris type deal. He might struggle for a few years, but still yet, yeah, he's going to make some noise. I'm telling you, you give that him and Bobby Petrino – so two years to get that offense and that talent rolling, they're going to be a juggernaut. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're going to be they're going to be up there with with the Cincinnati's and the UCFs of the world if everything falls right and and and, and injuries and and stuff like that, you know, don't happen. And I think a lot of this year there is a culmination of things, and you've got to think of like like your injuries. You lose your your safety that you were dependent on again this year. You, and you, then you lose Miles Slusher throughout. So basically, you're already down on your two best safeties, and so you're playing Jaden Johnson and and Kari Johnson, and and you're having to move uh, Hudson Clark to safety. You're having to move Breeny back a little bit, and then you know it was just a product like things were just spiraling out of control and defensively, and you couldn't recover. But you know, and and, and a lot of that happened when the schedule was at its toughest. Mm-hmm. But as the season drew down, like it, it seemed like Arkansas's defense got better outside of the Missouri game, and with the the Missouri uh, quarterback just carving them up, like they seemed to be a, had been getting better throughout the year. But 
you know, that, that's where you depth know, comes in. That, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand why a, some fans and, and people can't get that grasp. Why does a team not play in the third and fourth quarter like they did in the first half? You don't yeah. have the depth. You're out there. Look at college football. Today. You're running 70, 80, 90 plays a game. It's yeah. not the days where you're lining up in a run formation and you're running 40 to 50 plays. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not – those days are over. And Everybody's when you're gassed. completely having a first string and that's all you got. I told you before the season, the thing that really worried me the worst was receivers and the depth on the defense when you needed that – that group of guys that could come in on third down or come in for a series, yeah. you don't have that. That is total, and that's the thing. Like, and you're playing in the toughest conference in the toughest division in all of college football, and you sit there and you're doing it with one string. You can't rotate guys in because we see what happens. Now you're you're the guys that you wanted to have in there are out. Now you're working with the second string. That's all your people that's left. Second string. Who do you have? behind that and I think it frustrated him I think it finally got to him and be like okay you think and and the funniest thing I don't know who this jack wagon was but the idiot that posted that we already needed to fire our new defensive coordinator because the way he was calling the Kansas game and he wasn't even calling the game no And he got called out so quick. He got called out. and and But here's the deal. But, Jacob, that is the scary thing about where think. we are as fans. They read the caption. They see 50 points on the board. Well, we need to go ahead and get rid of this D.C. And, you know, it's funny. Everybody wants to jump on that um, the, the, the mother of the uh, commitment for what she said about what people are saying on social media. The dude hasn't even coached a game and he's getting crucified. But I know it's by one person. But if that's what it's, I mean, you don't think in the era we live in that that doesn't, and everybody's like, well, they shouldn't do that. They're getting paid all these men. Yeah, let somebody come to your job and yell at you. Let five people come come on your your chat rooms at work and start doing that. It, it, it affects them. You can't say, and no matter where we are, we're human beings. And and I just thought that was the funniest thing. Like, dude, he couldn't type that fast enough on his on his couch. And everybody's like, uh, he's not coaching the game, you idiot. You know, it was just like, but that's where we are. That's the scary thing. You got people who can't think right, but they have the tools to say whatever they want to say. Oh yeah, and yeah, and we can go on and on about that. But we can switch gears to basketball yeah. for a little bit too. <laughs> uh, you know, they came off that uh, uh, three-point loss to LSU, 61-58. There was a lot of uh, – they shot 50% at the line. Uh, LSU shot 50% of the line. Uh, but, you know, you go four for 25 from three. Uh, there was a limited turnover just because of the pace of the game, the way it was played. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of things that, you know, you just wish you didn't see in this life on the road in the SEC. But, uh, you know – you're without Nick Smith. You're without Trevor Brazil. You're used to that by now. You've got to find ways to win, and there's struggles outside the three. And I'm tired of hearing people say, well, what about Pinion? What about him being a three-point guy? Or what about Darian Ford and, 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 and Dunning? Like, okay, they're true freshmen, and they're not going to play uh, uh, the minutes that you think they deserve because their defense probably isn't up to par, and you're not going to play. You can be the best player in the world on offense, but if you're not a a guy that can go out and give Musselman twenty minutes of good defense each half, you're not going to play. And and that's the thing. That's why Musselman's rotation is so tight to six or seven guys each and every night because he knows what he sees in practice with his own very eyes. He knows if they're ready. He's coached in the NBA. He's coached in the D leagues. He's been at Arkansas and and he's shown what he's done with his rotations and stuff throughout the years. People can't be acting surprised because he's not playing a guy that you think should get more minutes. LSU's a hard place to play to begin with. It always is. And what other team can you, like you said, with Nick Smith and and, and Brazil being out, could you go out and and predict still being an Elite Eight Sweet 16 team? You're looking at the elite teams. So automatically Arkansas is in that elite company because they have the talent still to do it. This is going to be a hot take. But I'm going to say it right now. I think the university, 
I think Nick Smith Jr., I think Eric Musselman, I think they need to piss or get off the pot with this Nick Smith Jr. situation. Either he's not going to play or he's coming back at a certain point. Because I'm telling you, it, it is hurting the team because guess what? We're not talking about what the team's doing. We're not talking about what Anthony Black's doing. We're not talking about Ricky Council. We're not talking about Devo Davis. We're not talking about Jordan Walsh. We're not talking about Mitchell. We're talking about what is, is what's Nick Smith Jr.'s status? What Nick, what's Nick Smith Jr. doing? What's he doing? Is he playing tonight? Is he playing tonight? And it's becoming a distraction. It's they, the first thing that is on every single article, a recap, Porter, is Nick Smith didn't play tonight. Okay. We know he's out indefinitely. But He was ruled out yeah. for the LSU game a week beforehand. That doesn't have to be in the first part of the article that you open up on on, on the newspaper every morning. Like, I, I, I agree it's a distraction. I get tired of reading it, too. But we there comes Nick a Smith point, though, we need, to, yeah. we, we need to be – I don't know it, what, what's going on with it. I don't know any information of it, but if if, if we're if, if if the decision is this kid's not going to play the rest of this year, we need to make that decision. We need to just come out and say it because it's going to turn a team that could potentially go to another elite eight, potentially go to a final four. It's going to start eating at them because the focus isn't going to be what are they doing. Well, what where's Nick Smith at? And even if he does come back for a game, because he's been, it's not like the kid's been out all year and then we're still talking about it. He comes and goes and comes and goes. And and I understand that there's an injury involved in this. I understand that. I'm not being, you know, I'm not, not being sympathetic about that. But we need to either he's going to prepare for the draft or he is – you know, so concerned about this knee, we don't know if he's going to be ready by this time. He's going to be back. You know, we're we're going to try to prepare him for the SEC tournament or later on down the road. But I think there's going to come a time and point to where this is going to come back and bite this team in the ass if they don't make a decision on how they're going to handle this situation because yeah. this game to game situation, we're we're losing. We're going to start losing focus on the real point here of what this team's doing because they have the talent to go to an elite eight. Anthony Black has the talent and the scoring ability. Every bit of him and Council and the de- defensive effort of Devonte Davis, Devo Davis, they have the talent to go to another elite eight, and you're going to hold them back. I'm not saying it's happening now, love, but it could turn into that situation. Yeah, and I love what Anthony Black does. And I was talking to with a, a friend of mine this afternoon uh, that came by the house, and and we were talking about Anthony Black, and he and, and he said, you know what? I love Anthony Black. I'm glad that he decided to become a Razorback, but I wish he wasn't so unselfish. I wish we could get yeah. Maui Anthony Black every single night. A guy that, yeah, they're, I mean, they're missing players and stuff, but a guy that's assertive, a guy that wants to make the impact. And, and, and he was a difference maker in Maui. And he's still a difference maker on the court every single night. But I think he needs to be more assertive on offense and, and, and sometimes let the offense roll through him a little bit. Well, I, think it, he, I think he likes to share the ball too much. And, and he does, but thing. but it's leading but, to look you know, what it's leading to. It's leading to thirteen points from Ricky Council and sixteen points from Devo Davis. It's not yeah. like he's not sharing these. I mean, Jordan Walsh had thirteen. Right. It's it, that maybe that's what they need. They need a guy like if and he's off the he 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 he's off the team. But like J D. Notek, as much as he carried the team and they needed a bucket, yeah. there was times where he needed to pass the ball more. I think that's what we're getting. We're getting stuff yeah. out of Anthony Black that we wish J.D. Note would have done. Because there's times where you're 0 right. for 8 and you need – so we, you can't – if this kid's doing good fundamentals, I would much rather tell him to keep those fundamentals other than teaching bad habits. Well, you need to be more yeah. aggressive with the ball because guess what? It's going to happen. He's going to go for an 0 for 8 situation, and he's still going to be shooting that ball because that's what's programmed in his brain. Well, I think, you know, because, right. like, you look at the other the game, the last game, 3 for 8, 0 for 3 shooting. So, you want him to do more. So, what you want, say, 
six for 12 and over six from the three point line. I mean, that's what we're talking about opposed to, right. He had, he had a uh, four assists, but like I said, he had, I mean, he did have a negative three plus minus, but when you get 13 from Jordan Walsh, 13 from council, 16 from Davis, you only got beat by three. It ain't like you went down there and laid a yeah. neck. No. But I, I understand no, I mean, his point because that's what we're used to seeing with Mason Jones and, and, and uh, right. Note and uh, Isaiah Joe. You know, that's what we're used to seeing, but there's so much talent on this team mm-hmm. sharing the ball. And, and so, you know, Jordan, how Jordan Walsh is, is playing right now. I mean, he's playing really – Really good basketball. Spectacular. Mitchell. I mean, I didn't expect that kid to come. I mean, he had eight points, but he had 12 rebounds. So this team's all right. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying what people, I don't think anybody, I mean, I might be the only one with with, with that thought. But I just think with this situation with Nick Smith Jr., we need, we need to piss or get off the pot with it. He he's injured and he's yep. he's going to be out for a time. We can't we can't keep on running this game by game situation anymore. Yeah. Then the only really issue, real big issue that I saw with with the game the other night was not being able to adapt to what Trey Hannibal was doing. Like that guy, he wasn't good enough to play at or at, at South Carolina. Transfers to LSU, averages four points a game this season, and just goes off on us. I say us goes yeah. off on Arkansas, and I mean he was like it was drive after drive after drive over and over and over again on Wednesday night, and Arkansas had no answer for him. Like somebody, uh, you were like I don't think they were trailing. Like the guy was just out of this world. He's playing like a like like over his head. It was just yeah. incredible to watch, and and I admired it because that's the kind of fight you wanted to have. And I mean, Arkansas was doing the same thing on on the offensive end. There, they just weren't getting the shots to fall at the basket, and that was the that was the hardest part, hardest uh, hardest pill to swallow in that game. Well, and, and the thing is, they only allowed two guys in double digits. I mean, it's not like right. again they laid an egg. I mean, Derek right. Fountain had fourteen, and and Trey had nineteen, like you said. But here's another thing that is. Very promising when it comes to this team, opposed to last year. They only hit four threes. It ain't like they're coming yeah. out there bombing threes on you. I mean, I know we're up on on hour, but I like kind of like when we just keep free flowing with it. But you know, you held them to forty uh, percent from the field, twenty three percent from the three point line. So I mean, you you did good. I mean, but LSU's twelve and one. They've only lost one game. It's not, not a, a scrub team. LSU team. Yeah, you know, it, you have those teams. Just like Arkansas and Kentucky. You line Arkansas and Kentucky up from a talent perspective in the last 10 years, and Arkansas has a better chance of their chances against Kentucky as opposed to an LSU. And LSU could not have near the talent as Kentucky. It's just you've got those teams that you play for, you play up for, you have their number, and you play your best against them. LSU's a hard yeah. – when it comes to going to LSU, that's always been a hard place for them to play. Yeah, and Arkansas is one of those teams that, you know, they run their best offense on the fast break. I mean, they got outscored 8-7. to seven. That just shows you the difference in the flow of the game. Like LSU, they, 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 they didn't allow Arkansas to get on runs. They controlled the paint. And, I mean, Arkansas out-rebounded them by five or six, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, scroll back up here. And, I mean, they played a really good game, Arkansas did. They just didn't hit the shots at key moments. And they struggled to hit shots at the free throw line. And and when you're on the road, you have to hit shots. Defense travels like they play great defense. Arkansas does, but you've got to hit your free throws. Yeah, and, and that was the difference in the game. Well, they got a three game stretch coming up. You, you're going. You got Missouri coming to you, but Arena, Alabama, and Auburn. You got to go to Auburn, and then Alabama yeah. comes to you next Wednesday. So these next three games. I mean, yeah, you're going to use the Missouri game. You're going to play your butt off and play it like you're playing Auburn because yeah. you've got to go to Auburn, and it's a 7.30 tip-off time. It's not one of these 11 o'clock in the morning games or 2 o'clock CBS games. This is going to be a rocking. Kids are just going to be getting back from a Christmas break. That's going to be a hard environment to go to. And then you get Alabama, that matchup we've been waiting for, January 11th inside Bud Walton Arena at 6 o'clock. 
But, uh, Jacob, I mean, what from here on out, this is mainly what we're going to be on. Football's over with, and I know we have not hardly talked anything about uh, the basketball team, but we got basketball season right around the corner. Then we're going to be starting to talk about some baseball. Uh, we're still going to have our Monday. I have uh, Coach Jordan Weaver on from the Arkansas Gymnastics team tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, so tune in tomorrow for that. But really looking forward to jumping into SEC season with this basketball team. Um, showing us what they got. But, Jacob, I'll let you have the final words before we, we, we cut it off. Yeah, guys, hey, it's year five. I do appreciate y'all, everybody, I mean, that's listened to us from the beginning, the people that we picked up along the way. Uh, y'all have y'all have kept this thing going. I mean, I mean, Facebook, our Facebook page just has so many followers. Like, And we have so many comments on every single post. And I try to get to some of them, but – there's a, there's a lot of stuff that floats around on the Facebook page. I, I want to thank all the fans. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on, on Apple, uh, iTunes, or whatever you call it these days, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a kind review. Maybe even give some star rating power there. And uh, and maybe share, you know, tell tell your friends about us, you know. I mean, you know, there, there may be some people that hadn't heard about us before. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> there might right. be. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. Just uh, just share, just share us, uh, share our content with everybody, whether it's through uh, uh, stories or, or our or written content or, or or listening content. Thank you all for for the continued support, and we know twenty twenty three is going to be a great year. Yes, happy New Year to everybody. Twenty twenty three. If you got your New Year's resolutions, we put it out there on the to pick your New Year's resolution for the football team, so keep those rolling in. But for myself, Porter Hayes, Jacob Davis, we will catch you tomorrow night on the weekly Women's Sports Report. This is another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast presented by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online.